Praise be for thou, thou is welcome to our humble tiki bar. Willeth be tempted with a savory taste from our nectar of knowledge? Come hither and join us in this most noble of pursuits. <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, our topic this evening does stem from last week's venture. I think it's appropriate to acknowledge how critical science is to humanity. It's clear, it's clearly an effective tool that has shaped in how we progress in all aspects of our lives in the world around us. Yet, I have at the very least come to realize just how closely tied it's become to us. Whether that's good or ill, I think we can see both sides to it. To be frank, I think science has become a pseudo-religion, if you will. Crazy, I know. How does the field of endless pursuit of knowledge in any way degrade itself to be even considered to the lowly destitute farce that is religion? Well, believe it or not, I think that kind of thought might contribute to it. You see, religion is not necessarily that much different from science. It's always been used throughout history as a tool to help craft our most primitive of civilizations. Religion was used to unite people with similar ideas and help explain phenomena about the world that would otherwise have been complete mysteries. Science today does this quite effectively in a field in which is used to help build the bridge between people all over the world and it's through it. and it's through its rigorous contributions in research and study that has helped us explain much of our natural world. So how does exactly it relate to what the main thesis tonight? Well, people have used science to push forth their political ideologies much like religion has in the past. I think it's a crucial element that encompasses this zealotry to the field. If you want to look at an example, uh, think of the quote-unquote pseudoscience of eugenics. I'm putting it all under quote because I would agree it's a pseudoscience, but can we really consider it a science at all? But anyway, it was often used as the means to quote-unquote, prove that human beings exist in a biological hierarchy where certain humans were superior to or inferior to one another. Today, we have the argument about climate change, and then whether you agree or not about its existence is not relevant here. It's about how governments use climate change to push domestic and foreign policy all over the world. Much like religion once used to do in centuries past, global climate change is used to the point where people are lambasted for simply either disagreeing with its severity or flat out disagreeing with the notion in its entirety. Such folks are often seen as scientifically unenlightened idiotic, or if we go to the political spectrum, alt-right, I suppose. Not sure about that one. But notice how the criticism doesn't seem to be about challenging the disagreement, 
merely it's more on insulting the criticism for even daring to think differently. The term uneducated becomes synonymous with blasphemy, heresy. The thought of even potentially disagreeing with science is completely ridiculous. Until you realize that science is an ever-revolving field. Science is constantly revising its information. Very little remains constant, just like religion. It's not always right, just like religion. And it has its fanatics, just like, just like religion. So what do we take from this? What do we take from this cult of reason, if you would say? I think that there is always a series of push and pull when it comes to scientific method as a whole. I think when it comes to your average person, they don't get to see the inner workings of the scientific method and process. What this ends up creating is a sort of pseudo uh, pseudo faith in such things as if they the, the effects of science are generated outside of outside of our reality, something that's pulled from the ether and isn't something that hasn't been studied and overstudied and restudied tenfold to get to a more refined point where you have the breakdown ends up being is a lot of people who tend to become hangers on onto the scientific community even if they themselves are not part of it they tend to have a absolutist viewpoint of things in often in a lot of cases paralleling to religion and this creates a, a a disconnect from what is actually going on versus what is perceived to actually be happening with with regards to science and all the other STEM fields as a whole. When you have this sort of fan club scenario, it is a pseudo faith because the human beings have a proclivity towards actually worshiping things that they don't understand. If something is outside of your purview or outside of your thought process, you think of it as otherworldly. To an extent, in that viewpoint, looking at science and all of the different things that have been accomplished and you know destroyed, as it were, through science, does create a scenario where an individual would look at it and kind of feel intimidated to the point of reverence or irreverence, as it were. I think you need to distinguish or at least rational minds need to distinguish between what is actually created and destroyed by science versus what they perceive is actually happening it is a back and forth that never really pans out especially in regards to that uh, those particular groupies as it were and that's where you get end up getting people who view science as a pseudo-religion and honestly, it, it, it's, it stems from the atheist movement that had happened in the early 2000s and creeped in through the middle 2010s. A lot of people who were in the quote-unquote skeptic community tended to have a viewpoint of science that was nearing, nearing on religious fervor. And it's something that hasn't ever really diminished. It's just the ostracization of those people has gotten to the point where most people who have that viewpoint tend to not talk about it much. The ones that still do 
uh, generally aren't understanding the full scope of the of the scientific method and therefore just don't put too much stock beyond things that they believe zealously are what actually occur when in all honesty it's much more mundane and very much more tedious than they believe it is such as the such as the weird the weird uh, zeal that people have when it comes to believing in something whereas rationalization would tell you that things have steps and processes okay so would you say that the um that the individual is for more let's say more uh, more resistant to that of the organization of uh, uh, religious tendencies. I think no, the group thought as a whole. Well, a, a group is composed of individuals. The problem ends up being is when you, when you develop a larger consensus, the, their each individual voice tends to get melded into an amalgamous form creating what what i personally in my opinion is, is a, a a less a more diminished uh rationalized a more diminished mental capacity because of that the mob mentality is something that has always been fascinating to me from a uh f- from a scientific viewpoint because in a lot of cases it, when a group of people get together to do something or accomplish something it's rather extraordinary what they can accomplish the problem ends up being is that when you get a group of people together who believe something that belief is powerful but often foolhardy because the because the whole of the group is thinking versus the individual parts digesting the information and transmitting it into something much more palatable it's not that people are dumb when they get into groups. It's just that the lowest common denominator thought process tends to be the mo- easier to grasp because people start functioning less and less on their higher, uh, on their higher viewpoints. They tend to be, they, they tend to accept more outrageous and extraordinary claims when they're in a, a more tight knit group in that regard. I'm not saying this happens all the time, but at least by my observations, it's hard not to believe that that ends up happening more often than not. Okay. Would, do you believe that this is something to be concerned with? Is this like something that perhaps we may not want to see grow as quickly as it has? Or do you believe that this is not something, this is probably something we do wish to see uh, as we go along with, uh, as we've, as we continue to progress, is this an actual uh, progress to be made? Because this, unlike the unlike unlike religions of the past, at the very least, science does base its reasoning all on research, study, experimentation, and um and reevaluating all of it over and over again so that we have a more concrete and solid foundation. I think there should be cause for concern. It just depends on the level of interaction that science has with finance. And I think that ends up being one of the major 
stumbling blocks for the, the, the purity of scientific method as a whole. One of the major things that tends to fund science tends to be special interest groups. If this were a situation where a general where general funding were something that was pushing scientific method. I don't think anybody would say much about it because anything that's done for general welfare is, is regarded as a positive. When you have special interests who are funding specific types of experimentation and study is when you start to have issues with how, how pure a, conclusion those particular studies end up getting to and when you have when you have a consensus built up in the scientific community via that study and that funding it really does call into question the veracity of the entire process as a whole it also it also tends to bleed into the mundane world as it were or in into the general population would be a better word and they tend to believe those things as some kind of like sacrament well they came to this conclusion this is how they did it here's all their studies well who's funding it well it's funded by this quote-unquote big business well now you have to wonder if there's actually a reason well no i think it's probably right even with that funding science doesn't oh no Science is made by human beings, and human beings are fallible. And money will make any human being do anything if they're desperate enough. And that's really where you that's need actually, to be sure. Well, that's actually interesting, and you make a fair point. Because if we we don't, I don't normally like to bring you know current affairs when it comes to it. But as anybody who is re- hearing this right now, uh, upon as close to this date as possible. It is 2021, and we are still technically dealing with this pandemic. Now, currently, there's at least two vaccines available, one of them being done, one of them made by the company Johnson & Johnson, or S.C. Johnson. Uh, are they two separate companies? Uh, I think one feeds the other. There are three vaccines. There's Moderna, there's... Uh... Uh, Johnson and Johnson, and then there's Pfizer. Okay, so these were all made by. Um, well, I know at least one of them was actually made by a corporate conglomerate. So, not trying to say, not trying to doubt this, but it's more on the grounds that do we? Will you consider something like uh, uh, S? Wait, you said Johnson and Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Will you consider it? would you consider it to be a special interest group? Because personally to me, I also would consider the government a personal interest group simply on the fact that at least thus far, and this is probably me putting my tinfoil hat on, uh, it's more on the, uh, on how they've influenced, or I should say dictated the uh, domestic policy and with that domestic policy, just used nearly dictat had every state government use near dictatorial powers on the people, and that's something that religion has used throughout history, and quite effectively at that. 
to the point where we still, while, while it is nowhere near the authority it once been, we still, for some reason, still hear for, or at the very least, we'd like to hear from uh, religious groups about certain topics, such as the one about that, um, such, a, such as the, um, the, the Vatican um, essentially condemning uh, homosexuality just because apparent, just because the due to the biblical scriptures they see it as a sin and thus they don't like I don't understand why people would even be interested in hearing what they have to say about it especially for a religion that is highly bigoted I mean you think at the very least that the ones who would be generally barred from this sort of religion, from this sort of cult that, you know, maybe not take, you know, not hear what they have to say, especially when they're incredibly hypocritical when they're uh, having, you know, dark skeletons in the closet. But obviously I'm going on a tangent here. Do you, would you take, would you, would you see companies like SC Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, as special interest groups, or the government in particular, as a special interest group? I think if you really want to distill it down, the latter would be to an extent, with the former more being a special interest group in and of itself, because it is in fact a big business. With regards to the process that's going on in current times with the vaccines and things, I, I, what what exactly are you what exactly are you uh, are you implying in that regard? Are you saying that there is a underlying motive for the things that have happened, or are you stating that there is an underlying objective? that is conveniently arisen because of the current situation. I would say it would be both because due to, I believe there is an underlying motive and the opportunity simply presented itself for them to take advantage. Again, that's my tin hat foil moment. So you can take that with what you will, but that's just how I see it. I think that the, 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 uh, the, the, convenience of the situation is what it is but with regards to the big business acquiring this well this was something that was given to them directly by the government so you can't really you can't state that it was a special interest as far as the government was concerned like you said without going too tinfoil hat on it and i personally don't think that it's necessary to go that deep that rabbit hole on something that's relatively cut and dry and i'm going to say that obviously with air quotes but as far as i can tell uh, beyond beyond what it beyond what you know what they end up doing as far as taking advantage of the situation as far as johnson and johnson pfizer and moderna are concerned i don't know the extent of which they would be allowed to go any further than that Honestly, it it just depends on the amount of 
uh, leeway they're given by the government as an arbiter of the emergency powers that were given out. The companies were given carte blanche to do what they needed to do to make something happen by the government. So obviously whatever they do in pursuit of this, that they may get something out of it extra is completely parallel to the process. That's just well, that's just my observation on it. I don't, I honestly don't know the inner workings of what's going on beyond the fact that they that they were given the opportunity to do these sorts of things in an emergency capacity. So I don't know if I wouldn't know what an ulterior motive would be beyond making money because obviously they're making money from the government on this, many governments because it's well, across yeah. the across the globe that these different vaccines are popping up okay side note this was just on my this is once again this isn't this is purely my opinion on the matter this is not reflect this is not even reflect of of that of my co-host here so one this vaccine has had essentially a year in research and development just one year that can be seen as relatively quick I've never really heard of such experimental drugs be pumped out that quickly, not without some serious side effects. Now, great, thank God that as far as I know, there has been nothing of the sort so far, nothing serious or nothing, nothing that would cause a severe backlash, but Consider me a bit, at least on the leery end, when it came out in such a short time. And, you know, applaud to these, uh, applaud to these uh, companies who were able to do so in such a short time. But I still can't help but feel a bit leery about it. And you're right to feel that way in and of itself because of the expedition of the process. Any normal human being would look at history and go, I don't think we're supposed to be able to make vaccines that quickly, or at least I've never noticed that happening. Well, necessity is born of several different factors. In this case, it's an emergency situation, and the companies at hand were given a great deal of funding and and uh, arm span to be able to do what they needed to do to get things to happen. Side effects. Yeah, side effects are what they are. I, as far as I know, different uh, different areas have different companies working on the vaccines, and there tends to be differing experiences with side effects. And obviously, there are different control groups in place to ensure that the side effects are minimal. But with every person's biology being different, anything can happen with regards to it, and you just have to play the ratios. As far as I know. So, like I said, I, I, I absolutely think one should be completely concerned about the side effects and the, 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 the overall process that has occurred to make these things, make the, get the ball rolling on this. So don't feel tinfoily about that particular aspect. Always be skeptical of things that are happening, especially on an abridged timeline like this. And I think that is a part and parcel of a, uh, of a skeptical mind you should think that way it prevents you from being from being smitten by a specific ideology 
or a specific a specific way of thinking. So don't do keep going, yeah. keep on keeping I, on, sir. I agree at least to that extent because the one thing that we should not do is all we should always be willing to challenge the authority of knowledge whether it be religion whether it be science whether it be our government there is nothing wrong with the idea of challenging the role of authority the 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 authority of knowledge so as long as it's done so out of a good in um, an honest to God in good faith so that we have the most effective no, so we are updated with the most with the uh, the correct knowledge instead of being led astray or being deceived into um, well falsities in the end and the last thing I want is to be uh, to be essentially screwed over and that is that definitely is a concern one should have. So getting back to what we were talking about with regards to um, skepticism and the the way it the way it functions, at least in a religious capacity, I think there I think there is a distinct disadvantage with being blindly following a trend of any kind. And I think that, in a way, is the way is how most people would look at science worship, as as I would call it. It's very much a trendy thing to do, and and one of the major headaches that I think ends up stemming from that kind of thing is that if a large enough group of scientific minds makes a consensus on something or has made a consensus on something for an extended period of time, there tends to be a monolithic endeavor trying to overturn that viewpoint in any meaningful capacity or inject some kind of counter to it because there is a structured belief that every every counter to it has already been tested tried and you know put through its paces not understanding that if a scientific process is always in motion and always can be tested no matter how verified it is that there should be an openness to be able to counter it with with a new bit of evidence that may be may be found. Now, obviously, the new evidence can be disputed in and of itself. But what tends to what tends Absolutely. to occur in those situations is because the the because of the clickiness of the different groups that are in control of the of the higher I say higher with with no with no better explanation the higher thought process, they tend to have a very elitist viewpoint against anything that may counter their, their thought process. Another similarity made is similar as to discuss those. Uh, well, if we go back to the, uh, the uh, Catholicism example, we have the bishops and the archbishops and the cardinals, the, those who claim themselves to be, you know, more knowledgeable that in the ancient text than that of the the typical Catholic followers. So I think there's a strong parallel to that to those who uh, obsess over the field of science, or at the least the aspects that they tend to agree with, for the most part. Because if we go with the example of going back to climate change. 
despite the fact that there is an quote unquote overwhelming uh, consensus of climate change being real, I'm not denying it. I'm not denying its existence, but I do question its severity because we've been told throughout the years just how the world is going to essentially either be cooked or essentially humanity was going to be wiped out due to the effects of climate change. And this has been something that's been in, has been uh, studied since the freaking seventies. And every single time we, ha- they have made a, uh, an, uh, an Armageddon uh, prediction due to climate change. It's never been right. It's never been right. We've seen some. We've seen the damage caused by climate change, absolutely, but it has never gone to the point where humanity was doomed. And it has been used by. It has been that lingering doomsday that fanatics tend to you try to enthrust upon everyone else and try to push for. Uh, uh, to enact policy upon it. Now, I would like to, at the very least, believe that in pushing some policy has helped improve the conditions of climate, you know, the, uh, the the conditions of the planet, to where to the point where climate change, at the very least, hasn't been as severe as we as we feared it to be. But you can also make the argument that maybe perhaps it wasn't as severe as it has been the entire time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I think when you look at the data that has been accumulated since the 70s with regards to that climate change as a whole, the, the base overall has remained pretty consistent across the board. When it comes to the more... Uh, apocalyptic viewpoints that have been put forth. One of the things that you have to understand about science as a whole is science is quite fallible. And I think that's what ends up being the fall-off point for a lot of people. And because of that, there is an ability to be able to shift and move as the data indicates. And in a lot of cases, your average everyday person looks at something like that and thinks of it as some kind of goalpost shifting or some kind of, uh, you know, backpedaling or, you know, direction shift when all in all honesty, it's just something that comes part and parcel with the way the scientific method works. A new bit of data is presented in regards to those situations yeah, because these are and those things move. But the problem with it is yeah, pe- because these are live science and science's PR are two very different creatures, especially when some of that PR isn't coming from actual scientists, just, you know, unfortunately, politicians. And that really where is where the breakdown ends up happening for a lot of people, because when you yourself as a, a, a not you particularly, but you as the general you as a person only really yes. relies on a handful of sources to dictate how you interpret the world beyond your own personal philosophy you are blinded by a great deal of uh bias that occurs through those select sources 
it's an advantage and a disadvantage in and of itself because having only a few sources means you don't have to be stumbling across a bunch of different discrepancies and things over over across several different avenues rather than you just have the three or, or four that you rely on be it the be it internet sources or paperback sources or maybe you were at a university and have access to more text-based things or actual lab work in some cases those are all actually are pertinent choices for information but they uh, what what ends up happening is if you have nothing that actually can can counter it to a point there it becomes a stagnation that happens within that in information network and because of this and with especially when you have such a king of the hill perspective on information people and organizations tend to take a harder and harder stance on the information that they have presented and cultivated as cold hard facts that can't be disputed that therein lies the problem there should always be a dispute even even in the case of climate change even if it's not something that 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 the overall consensus is going to agree with there should be push against it to ensure the stability of the climate change information and and, fa- and facts that needs to occur that is, needs to occur for the health of the climate change uh, narrative as a whole if it's not rock solid and it can be pushed over by someone making a, a, a scant counter data, then what's the point? You obfusc- if you obfuscate and you discredit the people who are going against you, it's, you, you're not proving to everyone else that you think they're wrong. You're proving to everyone else that you don't want, to, don't want what they have to say to be heard. And that's, in my opinion, the real mistake that it seems to occur in scientific method, at least at now. So, in other words, we have the progress of censorship, something that religion is also known for, because we've done, because especially during the Reformation era, we had pe- we had the Catholic Church censoring um, the works of secular secular writers who tried to use the thought process of science to uh, that would challenge the traditional beliefs of that of the Catholic Church. So I think we, at least that's one more aspect that adds to this uh, this cult-like nature that uh, can we call scientific fanaticism has become if we don't really have a necessary um, uh, an actual name yeah, for it? Yeah, you can call it that if you want. I mean, for lack of a better term at this point, sure. It's, I, I think, it, but the, the issue, like I said before, Science tends to be the, is the soup du jour, at least in our lifetime. And it's something that's had a great deal of time to cultivate, especially after the, uh, especially after, uh, um, the, the, after the fifties, it's, it, it, it even got more, it got stronger and stronger as a central viewpoint for people in a philosophical background for your average everyday person. And I'm going to say specify most college educated people. I don't like I said. I'm not going to cast any aspersions on anybody who works any other kind of job or a trade, but unless you unless you got unless you got your nose in a sci, in a, in a scientific journal, you're not going to put much stock in those things. You it, it's it's more of a practicality philosophy than it is any particular intelligence quotient. Because I don't really, as far as I'm concerned, I don't measure intelligence based on how many degrees a human being has. 
anybody can acquire knowledge if given enough time and enough resources. The paperwork just makes it official. True, true. I think that's, well, I think that's the whole point of it is whether or not you're willing to pay up the money so that you can have that fancy paper to tell you, hey, look, I'm smart. No, I mean, a job's a job and a career is a career. That's all I'm going to say on that. Fair enough. Such as it is, I, I th- there, ten- there tends to be, uh, the grouping on that tends to be more college-educated people as, as a matter of metrics, not as a matter of course. And I think what you end up having is you have a bunch of people who view that kind of stuff, and it gets, as, especially as science bleeds into pop culture. And let's be honest, science fiction is a thing and very much has a strong has a strong note in pop culture and those kind of things tend to color the 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 functionality of science in a way that's can be untenable for the way science actually functions one and two unreasonable in the extent with which science can actually go at least in the current iteration not saying that it isn't feasible for those things to occur in the future you know warp speed travel light speed travel you know functional functional uh, self-aware ai the like those things are all feasible it's just that the perspective ends up creating this this long view that tends to not factor in a bunch of different things that most people should factor in one of that is being financing the other which just being that you know without the work necessary those things cannot come to pass. So I think that there's this, I think that they, what ends up sure. create, what ends up happening is that the, the religious aspect of science tends to be very much state steeped in the fictional aspects that, uh, that, that, that literature provides the, the general public, be it star Wars, star Trek, or any other scientific ba- pseudoscientific, uh, fiction narrative that is that has popped up over the past you know fifty to a hundred years. So with that being said, I know we've I know we've uh, basically answered the question that at the very least we need to at least take some sort of caution when we are dealing with the growth of science and how it affects us as a whole. But is Clearly, we can see the benefits coming from the ever progression of scientific thought throughout society. Is that is that something that we can look forward to as a species as we progress through time? Yes and no. I think when you end up looking at the the level of the, the plateauing that has occurred with regards to scientific progression of late, I think we're at an apex point where something's going to have to break for us to be able to advance beyond, whether that is something involving, you know, computers and AI or something involving, you know, space and space travel. There has to be a catalytic point for us to jump forward in that, but it's anybody's guess when that can occur. I don't want to say no, but I want to. Uh, but I'm definitely going to say a strong maybe, and it really the the factors at hand also uh, that are in play are things that a lot of people don't think about. And I'd actually lit, watched a a a, uh, 
a, a video on it a while ago talking about why we aren't as advanced as we could be with regards to technology and things. And honestly, it has to do with the last big, you know, the last big control group that has had that has had its reins in human society, and that would be religion. Religion still hasn't let go of its its grasp on society as a whole. Its effects, when it comes to the advancement of technology, are very much a tradition versus uh, modernization uh, back and forth that has been going on for decades. I would say beyond that, obviously. And something it's something you talked about earlier, but it's it hasn't even with anything that has occurred politically and controversial controversial wise with religion it still has a tenuous enough grip on the way we as a society are moving forward to warrant the 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 the, the uh what is the word i'm looking for the stunting of scientific growth okay so do you believe so if that's the case if religion has a temperament so to say, on scientific growth, is religion generally a hindering factor, or do we have, or does it have a positive use still in this world? Because I mean, we did make discussions about this last week. In my personal opinion, we do have some use of religion that perhaps, while not necessarily uh, objective being an objectively positive contribution, it has at the very least a more individually personal uh, contribution that many as many other aspects in life, including the scientific study has a uh, no real uh, impact on. Well, the, the, well, if you look at, if you look at American society as a whole, Within our constitution, there is a division of church and state, and by extent, the scientific community being um, being more on the state aspect of things, it tends to run parallel with religion. That doesn't stop those things from from clashing from time to time. And I and as far as looking at religion from a functionary standpoint within within the structure of uh, within the structure of society, I would say yes and no. I think the moral value that that's that especially the the the, uh, the Christian religions and, and and such tend to tend to instill in their followers is a good thing to have. But I would say that you could distill down anything from the Judeo-Christian religions and even some of the other, even like the Islamic religions, the the uh, the, the core moral tenets that they provide and you could separate them completely from the the ideological head that they're attached to and still be able to transmit those things to society without having to have the uh religious bands and you know fatwas and all sorts of other you know limitations that are placed on its peoples you should be able to instill uh, instill moral moral uh, a moral compass in a human being without having to have a an overlying nebulous force to be able to drive home that point. No, I agree. There, there's merit in the uh, there's merit in the statement. I would just say that at this point, it's become more of a cultural relevance rather than a uh, a 
a rather than a, a purely religious element to it, because as you've said, we have the the the. the if there's anything that religion has done, at least when it comes, it it shows it has it has preached many similar uh, ideologies throughout the world, despite the despite the difference in customs. Many of the same lessons and moralities are are taught amongst uh, humanity throughout the world. I just think it at this point it's more the uh, the the distinctions in them are more cultural rather than rather rather than uh, religiously. I mean, barring a few extreme exceptions, of course. I agree, and I think there I think at that there there definitely has been a separation of the moral structure into general society from the, from those religious points. That doesn't unfortunately completely divorce them from the process. And one of the major things that I, I one of the major things that no. I took from the, the video that I watched was that there is a, especially in, in American society and other Western cultures, there's very much a, uh, you have you ever heard the story of the tower of Babel? Uh, there's a, there's so. an underlying philosophy that is one of the major reasons why, science is so hampered from advancing further beyond where it should be and that 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 babylite process and thought and philosophy is very much in play with regards to that that's why we don't have flying cars faster than light travel in a lot of cases teleportation and other things because of the the belief that if we advance too far beyond what the what the so-called creator deems us worthy of having that there will there will become cataclysm in in the wake of such things yeah i mean of course but you know that's fine i guess i would have to take like a like a 250k loan from the bank for such a pair oh can't wait to indebt myself for the rest of my life for a pair of self-lacing shoes that'll probably be ruined i mean they make slip-ons but you do you uh I, I understand, I and a lot of people, like I said, the, the 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 fiction aspect of science is very much something that fuels your ever your, your everyday person who has a, who has a scientific proclivity, and that's what ends up creating the need to push science forward. So there is a positive of 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 the sci-fi aspect as a counter to the way that religion tends to dig its heels in when it comes to progression. What I think, and and I think, like I said, the religion's grip on that kind of thing is very much slipping as the decades as the decades move forward. No matter how conservative a, a, a society is going to be, they're going to want to see some sort of technological progression. The measure of such things really depends on the power structure that's in place when those advancements are being made. Preferably not with within the constraints of war, but you know, no one can stop the war machine or or such. Whatever you want to say. Look, I don't even need all that. I would just be fine with self-lacing shoes. Well, I mean, they already exist, but they're extraordinarily expensive. If you're referring to something more commercial, I can't really help you. Well, if there's anything that you and I agree upon, is the inevitable is the innate violent nature of human beings. And if the one thing that I've learned throughout history is that while religion itself has always been used as a tool to incite a war, 
or to incite conflict, it has never been the, uh, it was never absolutely necessary. Because if we look at modern history, some of our greatest conflicts of all time are secular, not religious. Both world wars have nothing to do with religion and have nothing to do with even instilling religion upon anyone else. It was a conf- it was a completely political conflict, and it only goes to show that human beings don't necessarily need something like religion to in to invoke uh, a violent conflict. Give them just about any reason, and they'll make and they'll make the attempt. It's very much a true statement. And I think that's also the reason why many people who do have the, the, the religious fervor for science, they view science as a way to skirt or circumvent that violent nature, that violent secularism that exists outside of the scientific paradigm. But what they don't really understand or what they're not re- really willing to accept is that science is still part of that paradigm at least in part. And that I think, and that I no, think I is a set of blinders that many people need to take off. Science, science within itself is a, is a neutral force and, and can be that used for both aspects, for both good and evil aspects or destructive and creative would be the better word. If you didn't get rid of the societal attachments that are part with good and evil, but anyway, um no but that's that but that's perfect though that is exactly it's the same parallel to that of religion religion itself is neutral it's not good it's not evil it depends on the practices what you preach and whether or not you invoke your hypocritical tendencies to inflict harm upon others using that religion and science is by no means any different you can create all sorts of technology that would better that would create that would contribute to the betterment of land, but we also have things that would utterly destroy us, or we wouldn't be dealing with um, political discourse on de- on trying to dismantle nuclear technology. I think I would counter your statement. Religion, in and of itself, is not a neutral force because within the constraints of religion are created the concepts of good and evil. So it, it is both good and evil because it in and of itself is a font of such things because it creates the concepts that society carries forth as structures of good and evil. Now, I'm saying this in a purely metaf- okay. met- in a metaphorical state, but I'm countering your statement that it is a neutral force because with religion is created by man no, man in and of itself created good and evil and those str- those strictures are are in and of themselves creative and destructive forces that would be the way i would view it okay. obviously no that's a, no that's a fair point that is a really good statement well made and as far as you know our overall conversation about it I think that there, I will absolutely agree with you that the parallels exist within that within that structure as well. But science didn't create good and evil. Science works within the within the loom of social societal structure that dictates good and evil. So science, being as a force, definitely has a more neutral basis to it. 
in, in but only within the within the paradigm that we have at, at current. Now, when people go and turn it into something much more than it already is, that has more to do with people than it has to do with the concept of science as a whole. Anybody can inject anything with any kind of perspective and philosophy, and that I think ends up being the rub when it comes to, you know, other people viewing these different dissident groups and their and their pseudo worship of different scientific thought processes, philo- philosophical backgrounds, and such. It has more to do. I believe they refer to it as futurism or a worship of the future, it's kind of stems from that, at least by what I've seen. Never quite heard of it that way, but, you know, fair it's, enough. It's not about what's being – it's not about the advancements that we have now. It's about the, the, the wellspring of potential that science has. So a lot of people view those things in futuristic standpoints. Their expectations get ramped up because of those things. It's not science worship as a whole – it's a facet of science that people worship, creating the, the concept of futurism. People worship science because of what it has the potential to do. You know, the, the, that, Jetson, that Jetson's mindset, if it no. were. Ah. To, to okay. dig up an old Hanna-Barbera reference. Nah, fair enough. I'm sure our audience understands. And if not, you're probably too young to be well, watching. Well, I mean, this. if you're if you're watching this and you're of an age, of an age that you are making those kind of th- making those kind of connections already, good for you. The, the world's in front of you, and I hope that you you absorb it the way a sponge absorbs water. Yes, I agree. Just don't get too cocky. <laughs> be more. No, be I think I think people who are point. introspective tend to be more humble because they are willing to understand that they are fallible, and that's one of the major tenets that um, I think that religion got correct is that there is always an understanding that you, as a human being, are never going to be correct. But it stems from a belief that there is a divine being that is infallible, and I find that, that I think that it, that by my viewpoint as an agnostic that that's distasteful to me because i while i do agree that humans are extremely fallible creatures believing that there is a something that is beyond beyond right and wrong is is in of itself kind of a cloud thought but that's just me i i I don't like to foist my belief my beliefs on any other people it's just a perspective and that's one of the things that I appreciate about our world is that there, it is it is a giant collage of different shards of glass that are that have different colors and shapes, and it all fits together into a lovely picture. The madness that is humanity, we somehow, we somehow fit on this planet. Maybe not perfectly, but well enough. Yep. And I think on that note, unless you have some other things you wanted to talk about, I think we've rounded up everything nicely. No, I think it's I th- I think we've gotten just about everything down. Thank you so much everyone for hearing what we have to say. Thank you for tuning in and feel free to come by next week. I'm sure we'll have quite another quite a delicious drink for you to enjoy. All right. So <clears throat> you can find our podcast on the Anchor app itself if you have it. Um, the Anchor app also publishes two 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, and a few choice others. Um, if any of those platforms are defunct, obviously ignore them, but the major ones are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Uh, you can contact us individually if you wish. Um, I am at Punk Toast. I'm sorry. I am Punk Toast on Twitter. There's no at there. Um, you can also contact me via Instagram, also at Punk Toast. Go ahead, uh, Harma. What's your what's your shtick? You can find me as the Ragnarok Knight on Twitter as well. It has been a pleasure discussing with you tonight. Thank you for Happy joining you. us. Thank you all, and uh, this has been Captain Mediocre's Haunted Tiki Bar. Please join us next time at the bar where we will serenade you with more rants and insanity as we often do. Keep your wits about you and have your booze ready. Cast off, friends.